Uh, you know the club Rooster Tea Feathers out in uh, California? No. Uh, oh man! What so a name. this is I'm, I'm fun to t- yeah. It's one. It's one of the mo- I, once you know it, you'll never not know it. The club Uh-oh. is called Rooster Tea Feathers. It's a great club. I love it. I I haven't been in a little little bit since before the pandemic, but I love I love every time I've been there. And but my first experience with them was I think uh, I forget. You know, I was just I was featuring regularly you know variously around the boston area around some other places opening for some bigger people sometimes and i like you know sent them a tape i you know i talked to the booker i was like hey here's a feature set like could i be a feature at your club and they they told me they watched it and it was good but it wasn't good enough to displace one of the 50 comedians that already worked for them like there's like only 52 weeks in a year and if they they want to give everyone that they like a date there's more than 50 i don't know if you know this there's i think there's more than 52 comedians there's a few like it's like a 53, 50, I forget, I lost yeah. count, but uh, yeah, more than one per week a year. And so that, oh, so I guess I won't work that club as a feature. Eventually, like when I when I had more, you know, credits and more experience, like I fortunately was able to go in as a headliner. Uh, but this is all to say, uh, so you can't always work wherever you want at a club, but I realized uh, in 2013, 2014, uh, my buddy Zach Sherwin and I, Zach and I, he lives in LA. I lived in uh, New York and we were best friends and we wanted to go on tour together. And so I like, he he and I traveled together, like I headlined and he featured some clubs and then we just found like other places. We realized we're like, oh, like there was a guy named Nick Shaheen in Greenville, South Carolina. He had a show there and a couple others around and, you know, would at least pay us enough to get there, put us up, you know, make a little bit, hopefully not lose money, you know, and to to have the fun of the tour. And, you know, it might have might only been like a couple hundred bucks a night here and there, which is, you know, great, more more than uh, I was making when I wasn't doing that at times. And then I realized, so that was really cool. And I was like, wait, I wonder if there's other Nick Shaheens in other uh, comedy scenes. And I was like, oh, I'm, I know people who are like from Florida. So like I reached out to like Lisa Correo, who's a wonderful comedian and dear friend. And I was like, you're from Florida, right? Like, can I, what, can I, are there places that I can just put on shows there? And she like told me, talk to this guy, talk to that guy, this guy in Boca, this guy in Fort Lauderdale, this guy in Miami, this guy, you know, in Palm Beach. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great. And so I was like, grandma, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming to visit. And again, like sometimes it was just uh, to make enough money to, you know, like my, I would stay at my grandmother's and uh, like do shows, you know, hopefully sell CDs uh, after the shows and what have you. But uh, so the answer to your question is yes, I've noticed that small cities have big comedy scenes. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a huge, did you do a show in front of your grandma in Miami? Was that a hundred percent? She she didn't come out that often, but there was one that was like close enough to her home at like an Italian restaurant. It was actually like in an outdoor courtyard that she didn't realize was outdoors. Like she like looked up and it was like, you know, she's like, wow, the the ceiling looks like stars. And uh, <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, very, very much like it. Um, but yeah, she she saw me. Uh, she would watch me on TV also, and uh, cool. I had her on my podcast. She, she's a funny lady. I still talk about her in the present tense, even though she is dead. Uh, that's that's the present tense, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's super funny, and I think about her a lot. And um, I'm real happy that uh, I was able to visit her so much. Eventually, when I realized that I didn't 
specifically i didn't always need the club uh to invite me yeah i mean that's uh <laughs> I would, I, I would, I never did stand up in front of my grandparents, but I can only imagine that it would be like, especially some people's material. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want my Mima for this one. Ha ha ha! <laughs> you know what's funny? Okay, here's uh So my mom now, now that my my grandmother, I'm my mom's only child. My mom was my grandmother's only child, uh, and so now we've sort of like, I don't, you know the you know the video game Burger Time. Do you remember that game? Oh, uh, what? <laughs> where you're okay. So it's old old video game from maybe the '80s where you're like you're a chef. And you're walking across giant burger parts, and there's like levels, like kind of Donkey Kong style. And so there's like a bun at the top, and then like lettuce and tomato and burger. And then the goal is you walk across all of them, and they fall, and they knock the other ones down, and eventually there's like a full, uh, full sandwich at the bottom. And the reason I bring it up is just to, if if your listeners are familiar, that's the way I felt like, like when my grandmother, I got my grandmother got me a car, and then I crashed it when I was seventeen, and then. I got my mom's old car, my mom got her car, and then my grandmother got herself a new car, like Burger Time style, just like everything like you know, trickled down. And so now that my grandmother's dead, it used to be my mom talked to her every day. Now I talk to my mom every day. In some ways, you know, my mom is now the elder of our side of the family. Uh, she's graduated to, you know, I don't have any children, but she would be the grandmother, you nice. know, that uh, as the, she, she's, we're, as we are all aging, but, uh, so this is the thing that uh, one time there's a joke on one of my in one of my specials uh, where the track name is uh, the, the joke is essentially about playing Trivial Pursuit and me miss uh, misreading mispronouncing a word and the word was penises because I'd never seen the plural <laughs> of penises. Yeah, there's uh, an e just, in there, I, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You you know it. There's two e's. There's p e and i s e s. There's the regular e and then the extra e. And uh, and so I remember that's a joke that I was like, oh, like you know, if my mom came to see me, if my if anyone comes to see me, and I'm, I'm you know I'm doing a taping or I'm recording an album, whatever, uh, I'm gonna do the material that I want to do, and uh, they understand that I'm an adult and nice. I can I say what I say what I want, but. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I recorded that for the special, uh, that it was an experience that I had with my mom playing Trivial Pursuit. And so it was like this awkward experience as a child where I was saying the word penis is wrong. I was saying it penises. And so I had to be corrected by my mom. And as it turns out, I mean, I, I was like, oh, this is... My grandmother would send me dirty jokes in emails. My she sent like she was she had a a dirty sense of humor. Like nothing phased her. In fact, there's a joke that a story I'm telling a lot of stories about her on stage now. And one time I remember she took me to see Wayne's World. My grandmother took me to see Wayne's oh, World. It yeah. must have been you know like 10 11 somewhere in that range and in the range where i didn't even know what sex terms meant i knew what i knew they were sex terms but there's a part in the movie where wayne has a sign that says this guy this guy blows goats or something like that and afterwards to seem cool to my grandma or whatever i was trying to do i was like grandma my favorite part was when the guy had a sign that said this man lays goats i just didn't know what laying or blowing was so i combined them in my head like you know i don't know uh those two guys with mustaches tom Selleck and burt reynolds i was like they're basically the same to me and my grandmother was like oh it's actually blows goats you know so 
that was a that's a story that I'm happy to tell about my grandmother. Uh, if she were in the audience, uh, maybe I would do it uh, more uh, meticulously, carefully. Who knows? But. Uh, it's not one that I like. That's not a story that I reminisce with my mom. About, like, I won't necessarily be like, Mom, you got to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Remember but, this time? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but so back to the Trivial Pursuit. Uh, in the, When I told the joke, everything was exactly the truth other than I said that it happened while playing Trivial Pursuit with my grandmother instead of with my mother because I, I knew my grandmother would care less or she wouldn't even necessarily <laughs> hear it. And so I named the track on the albums like I usually name my tracks like something, something and something, whatever they're about. And yeah. so it was like something, something and don't listen to this track, grandma. So <laughs> nice, uh, dude. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I would say uh, maybe our grandparents are different, but I, the way that you're like, oh, maybe maybe my Mimo wouldn't want to hear this. Like I de when my mom when I know my mom is at a show or watching a show or like over the pandemic, she would watch a lot of my Zoom shows. I became her activity uh, and I was happy for that to be so. And like I don't I, I write I write a lot of comedy. I say a lot of things like I'm happy to talk about whatever comes up. Like I'm happy to tell these stories that do have, you know, words and ideas that maybe I couldn't do on the Tonight Show, but I'm like, I've got enough stuff that I could that uh, it's not like a sacrifice for me to be like, oh, my mom's here. So that is uh, one factor in determining what my set list is going to be. Uh, <laughs> unless it's unless it's a special taping, then buckle up, mom. Buckle up, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar thing too, dude, where I was like uh, growing up, I heard I was watching this movie and, it, and I, I heard the term laid off. So mm. I thought when someone got laid, it was the same thing. So I'd hear like, oh, he got laid. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's that's hilarious. Terrible, dude. <laughs> it, it's even I mean, I feel like there's bonus fun to be had because off is often also uh, mm -hmm. something associated with, you know, like jerked off, that kind of thing. Uh, rubbed off like, you know, oh, laid. Yeah. How come laid is sex and blanked off is sex, but laid off is not <laughs> Watch the deal. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> classic dirty Seinfeld bitch. Dirty. I would love to see Seinfeld's last album just be like the filthiest album ever, too. Mm. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the deal with D. Yeah. <laughs> just say the whole word. I'm going to bust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Panises sounds like a type of uh, like a pastry. Say, like, it sounds very delicate and mm -hmm. i mean i guess it is it's a it's a delicate situation <laughs> it's a delicate object treat it treat with it's very sweet you know depends yeah. you know it's they're all different yeah they come out the oven different ways um <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming out to colorado you've, you've done shows in colorado i'm sure but like have you have, have you have you felt the I've, I've had so many people come out to colorado and they're like man i can't breathe out here it's hard uh, that that isn't a, a fantastic impression of me. Number one, uh, <laughs> how did did you were you were you reading my diary? I've been doing some research. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I wanna. I feel like that. I it's not. I understand. Are you reading my diary? Is not something that any comedian owns. But I will say that whenever I think of that phrase, I think about this old Gary Goleman bit about. Oh. 
that his, on his first album, which I think is a beautiful album. I think I, Gary is a master. I love the Great Depression, everything that he's doing lately. It's so important and hilarious. And yeah. also the stuff that he started out with was just so perfect and hilarious about what it was. Like a fi- I think the final track on the album, I think it's Conversations with Inanimate Objects, is uh, 15 minutes about cookies. All different cookies, like really, wow. just like nobody else needs to tell any cookie jokes because he got them all. I mean, everybody else, try. Give it a shot. You know, like, but listen to Gary's cookie bits. And there's like uh, one chunk about Oreos. And I think, you know, I forget which Oreo it was, but maybe it was like, how about we've got now coming out Oreo with chocolate filling. He's like, Oreos, have you been reading my diary? (laughs) And it's just a wonder. He's a wonderful comedian, a wonderful dude. uh, And so I don't want I never want to think or say were you reading my diary without giving credit to uh, the man in my head who uh, I, I don't even think he's the first person. He's just the one who said it most iconically to me. But to answer your question, I think uh, maybe the first time I came to Colorado was 2008, 2009-ish. And I was there uh, for it was not I know they used to do the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival there and I think that yeah. ended in like 2007 or so and so it was like either the next year or the following one uh rooftop comedy do you remember them I don't know if they're still they might be still doing stuff but uh, I, I don't I haven't seen them but they might be yeah. underground yeah. now who knows I think maybe they converted into something else but at the time rooftop comedy was you know a, a comedy album label like a record label and uh they had a, a website and you know comedy videos and uh, and they had a festival and they had a they they had a festival in Aspen that I went to and I remember they had oxygen for everyone backstage and uh and we needed it I mean some of us <laughs> needed it like I, my understanding is that you know a lot of people if you're training for a marathon or what have you like you know it's good to go train at a high elevation because then your body gets used to, it's like swinging three bats and then you're you go back down to sea level and you're you're swinging and hitting harder because your lungs are more powerful so or like you know how in, I think it's in Mexico they they say don't drink the water but if you're from there you can drink the water because you're accustomed to the water and what's in it and it doesn't do this I want I wonder if when Mexicans come to America, to the United States, and drink the water, if it's like, you know, the yellow sun for Superman, are they super powered? And that's why everyone's like, hey, get, get out of here. How bigots, how racists are like, get out of here because right. they're so much more powerful drinking our water than we are. I think I think I have put my finger on the pulse of everything but yes so the point is you're not special you just live higher up and uh and so your lungs are stronger because you live there but if i live there too eventually my lungs would be stronger but in the meantime yes uh, i am a little baby with baby lungs and it uh, sometimes it's hard to breathe good old sea level man i uh I, I hear i hear you're supposed to like if you're if you're a hardcore lift like you, you power lift you do it at sea level mm. and then if you want to be a runner you do high highest altitude you can do Wow. I, yeah. I'm just imagining like the, uh, I don't know, a, a Joe Rogan kind of, you know, like ultra, <laughs> ultra working out marathon, just some kind of person who's like, I'm going to get a mansion that's like, uh, it's it's a mountain, Mount, Mount Mansion, Manch Mount Mountain, mansion. you know, and yeah. so the top, top floor for, for cardio, bottom floor for lifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good Rogan impression. Yeah, that's a, that's a good Rogan. Dude, yeah, the uh, I, I think fly into, I, yeah, I fly, I fly to New York to go do leg day, and then I fly back up the mountains and 
Oh yeah. Also, I, while I'm flying, I also run. I run yeah. back and forth around the plane because that's also <laughs> high up. Doing fucking crunches on the plane, <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> the Rocky Mountain Mile High Fly Club. Yeah, man. While we're on the subject, how much? How much you bench? What's your? Uh, what's your oh. forty time? Oh, I, I sit on a lot of benches, I guess is what I'd say. Oh, man, I love a good park bench. Like, I, sometimes I just walk through the park without even sitting on a bench. Sometimes Whoa. I do zero bench. Damn, dude. <laughs> Thank you for asking. You're how, welcome. Oh, I'm, hey. I, and please, let me be polite and say, how much do you bench? Oh, I... I... I can't bench any. I used to bench. I used to play football, and that was the. Mm. I've seen a lot of benches, uh, but I'm I'm sure. sitting on the bench now. I'm done. Ha, I'm ha, done benching. Ha. Keeping but, a bench nice and warm. You know what yeah. they say? Uh, something something warm bench. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pod. Yeah. No. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Warm benches, clear eyes, uh, can't play. You partake in uh, the electric lettuce, uh, the, the the marijuana, while you're on stage oh. ever. Number one, thank you for saying electric lettuce. I, <laughs> I, I literally have. Uh, if I, if you, if you didn't then explain it with the uh, the explanatory comma, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for making sure. It's like you know when you when you see somebody whose face you know and you're like I. I know them, but I, maybe they don't remember my name. And you're like, hey, just uh, want to, hey, nice to see you again. I'm Mike, you know, uh, cool, cool. To, it's always nice when someone does that extra. Better better to do that and have it not be necessary than to have somebody being like, oh, God, this person knows me, you know, like that kind of anxiety. And so similarly, I appreciate your being like, you know, do you, do you ever do the electric lettuce? I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I dance all the time. Uh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> dances to do. Uh, I love all the electric dances, the slide, the lettuce, uh, the, the chair, the boogie. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for asking. So, is the question: Do I do it on stage or just in general? Oh, I guess both. I mean, I know that I, just, I was looking up the laws for New York recently, and it looks like you can have five pounds of marijuana in your possession. <laughs> oh, I can bench five pounds of marijuana easy. <laughs> uh, and yes, I actually, you know, I I don't know exactly what the laws are, but I do know that there are people. I, I never bought marijuana until pretty recently, actually, until after the pandemic began. It was never really my thing. Uh, I I hadn't done it. Like, my family was a very kind of straight-laced, like, don't do drugs, don't smoke, don't drink. And, like, when I got to college, I, like, drank a little. I'm like, yeah, this tastes bad. And then people were like, but you gotta. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll do another drink. You're not cool? Dr- yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not cool. But uh, <laughs> is, this, is this the way to be cool, to succumb to people telling you to do something all right fair enough man yeah. um so yeah i i started drinking a little bit because of comedy you know like you get free drinks uh drink tickets or what have you people buy drinks and mm-hmm. eventually uh you know here's a i never made this specific connection before and i'm going to uh take out my digital recorder to record as i know we're recording a podcast but i'm yeah. gonna capture this for potential joke i've got some jokes about how i'm not drinking much these days but how i used to drink uh in part not not peer pressure like i felt like i was it was my responsibility like yeah. i decided to drink and i liked i liked it sometimes and i liked some of the effects but also also one of the things i like i remember the first time i performed at like acme uh comedy in yeah. minneapolis one of my faves like they were like you can have as much you know sometimes they're like you know you get one drink you get two drinks acme's like yeah whatever you want and yeah. so i was like oh whatever i want well i don't want 
that's that seems like that must be part of my pay then so i don't want to i don't want to leave any money on the table in the form of these liquid assets yep. and so i drank too much the first night and i was like oh perhaps you know i've been learning about buddhism recently and there's the idea of the middle path so like for some people like you know like like or goldilocks you know like too little too much like just right and so maybe there is a just right amount for some people of of anything of alcohol or weed or what have you and uh but the thing i'm thinking about now is uh there's a book i read by dan ariely it's a book i forget which one it is but he's read a bunch he's wrote he's read a bunch of books and he wrote at least several books as well one called predictably irrational and i think it's in there that he talks about how humans in general we have an irrational taste for free things free things like even if it's something that we don't want even if something we don't need even if like paying a dollar would get us a much better thing we have uh we were disproportionately trained to uh, you know evolved or in some way to be like give me the free thing you know and so i was thinking about that one day as i was driving by uh driving on a highway and i passed a sign that said free manure and i was like you know i think i have enough manure right now and i'm like it is free but uh and so that's the way i feel about alcohol now is uh alcohol is like drinking manure um <laughs> dude I know. and so but yeah so weed so i i i just in my 20s i was drinking some i never smoked cigarettes i uh, i was like the science on that seems clear to me and i'm glad that i never got hooked and didn't feel like i needed it uh and never tried it and then i, I just read a cool thing there's an article in the new york times recently about uh psychedelic uh, therapy, like the combination of psychedelics and, you know, uh, therapeutic interventions being very helpful with addiction. And there was a story about a woman who like had a very high dose of psilocybin and came out of it five hours later and said, now I, I understand why I used to smoke and I, I don't need to do that anymore. I was like, that's cool. Isn't that and bonkers? That's it's, bonkers. It's beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, so it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I always think about Doug Stanhope's old joke about like good drugs, bad drugs. And yeah. like, you know, I think he was like alcohol, a bad one, because while you're on it, you think things that when you're not on it, you don't think like I should punch a cop and, uh, or some such. And he's like, okay. but a good drug is like, like LSD, you, you make a connection with your dog. And then later you're like, oh yeah, I still, we still have that connection, uh, paraphrasing, but, uh, yeah, so I tried, I was, I, I got married in my 20s, and the woman that I married, uh, who I, and divorced, uh, we, we both married and divorced each other, it was very fair and equitable. There you go. Uh, she's a lovely person, we're still very friendly, uh, in that we're, uh, we just followed each other on TikTok, <laughs> and... Uh, she's also a performer, nice. but uh, she was at the time somebody who like was a big advocate of the creative uh, inspirational powers of smoking weed and I I had never done it and she was like I think you should try it and at the time I was like but what if I have kids and then they want to know that that whether I did and it'd be better for if I just didn't so I could tell them that I didn't my kids in the future that I uh it seems like uh probably will not have but and <laughs> and then if I do it. they smell yeah. it on you yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's from when I was trained as a resident assistant in college. And uh, we had to do like a controlled burn to learn what 
what it smelled like so that we could uh, detect it and then uh, bust people so that they couldn't live on campus anymore. Okay, right. but in the <laughs> meantime, that's that's why you're smelling it on me, my future child. Yeah. I mean, which I eventually would like to tell the truth and be like, oh, you know, eventually when you're the age that you know it makes sense for your brain to be able to do the research and make decisions that make sense for you with your values, and you know, you're gonna do what you're gonna do, separate individual from me, uh, who I care about deeply in love and want to learn from my example but maybe i should tell you that i did do it so you think that's not cool and then you won't you'll rebel by becoming straight laced and like oh no but what if you go politically the exact opposite i gotta try to trick everyone in the opposite direction okay but there i was in my 20s and i was like okay i it object objectively like empirically i i knew people who smoked who did uh, who enjoyed weed, who got a lot out of it. I liked those people. I was happy for them to do that. I was like, yeah, not for me. But my my then, I forget if she was, if we were yet married, but my partner at the time, she was like, really pro. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I tried it and I, I, I don't know if you can tell, but under those circumstances, I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> under uh, duress. I, yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, like, I mean, like, no, I, I get it. I talked it over with another friend. I was like, oh, okay, but I think uh, intellectually it makes sense. I can try it. And I tried it and I was like, oh, I don't, it's not really, didn't really do it for me. And then over the years, every, the, the, I think I would tell this as a joke. I think I would probably on an album somewhere once, uh, I'd be like, you know, every once in a while I like buy a scratch off lottery ticket. And every once in a while I, I would try pot just to make sure that I'm not lucky, you know, just to make sure <laughs> that I was right about my previous, I was like, maybe things have changed, maybe it's changed. And right. eventually, weed did change. Uh, and I think part of what changed is I'd almost always done it previously in like social situations. Somebody at a party would be like, you want some? And then I would be like all weird at a party because I would like just be like forgetting everything that I remember like, I remember very specifically having, like, I was at the Creek in the Cave in New York City when it was there, uh, probably 10 years ago. I think, uh, I know Nikki Glazer was there and we were uh, buds and she was, we were hanging out after a show and having what I think was objectively a good conversation, but every, every, I'd say every, not every other sentence, but every few sentences, I'd probably be like, I forget what we're talking about. I truly like, I'm so sorry. I'm so high and I hope everything's okay. And I'm not, and she's like, you're fine. And I'm like, okay, great. Thank, thank you. And then a few minutes later be like, are you, are you sure I'm fine? She's like, sure totally fine. Yeah. I, cause I don't, Oh, I guess what I'm saying is I don't feel fine. Uh, and so I didn't, it, and so for, for a long time, I didn't love it. And then really during the pandemic, I just had like some leftover, you know, edibles that I had gleaned over the years. I don't know if that's the proper uh, meaning of I'd collect, I'd gathered, you know, they'd, they'd, they, yeah, they'd been delivered to me and they, they were around somewhere. Sure. And like, you know, I, I, for about like once every week, I would just like, take an edible and like my girlfriend and I would maybe put on some music and then I would just like lie there and listen to the music and feel the music and feel my body. And I was, and I'd be like, my legs are like tingly and it feels great. And my girlfriend would be like, yeah, you, I mean, you could probably do that. Like if you just lay down regular, like, you know, you don't even need to be high, to, but like, 
when I'm not high, I don't usually just lay down and feel my body. And I, I can do that more uh, at times while not high. But I learned like, oh, at home with the person I love or like with just like one good dear friend. Totally. Uh, you know, I'm like, so right now I've been with my girlfriend six years. We are not yet married, but we're, we're basically uh, happily uh, married in, you know, in the old way, you know, Civil like union. almost yeah, almost common law. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, I'm married to the right person. Like the you want I want to be with the, the, the experience that I had on weed with the, the previous partner was not the optimal one. The experience right. I have on off any substance with this person is the right one. Uh, and so to answer your question, yes, I do sometimes uh, enjoy <laughs> usually an edible uh, because yeah, I you like, don't like the, the puff. I like the I don't like smoke and fire being so near and in my person. And I also don't like that it's difficult to measure, you know, like sure. with a with an edible it'd be like, what is the number of milligrams associated with yeah. this? I, and I know and like, what is the type and you can know what type you're smoking. But and maybe if you get good at it, maybe like, you know, you learn how to do a recipe and you experiment. But I've done a, enough experiments to know that I don't want to do those experiments that much anymore. <laughs> uh, and that like, you know, how long do you take it into your body? How long do you hold it in there? How many times do you do it? Like, there's so many variables that I, I myself, I'm, there's many experts out there, I'm sure, who could talk me through it. Uh, but I personally, I'm like, mm, just give me a, give me a, like a solid. I, I like a solid, you know? Yeah. So do, do me a solid is what I say to weed. You like uh, to have five high points or 10 high points, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. Uh, I mean, I can even go up to 20, but, uh, but as, as long as I, as long as I know, and then I can plan, you know, sure. proper set and setting. And then I think I've performed high on weed, uh, like a single digit number of times, like just specifically on shows that were presented as such, you know, sure. like there was a cool one I did in New York City last year. And I forget, uh, I think it was, oh, I think it was called Weeding Out the Stoned. I oh, think. yeah. And that's a show where I think there was like 15 comedians on stage to begin with. And it was like uh, an elimination reality show where one person was not stoned and everyone else was under the influence. And the audience had to like vote people off after like each event, after each comedian had to, you know, do some sort of, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, Olympic level task right. of like, you know, telling a coherent story um, on, a, on a particular <laughs> topic or or some such. And that I remember I did an edible uh, like an hour before I went there. I got there and then I was like, it was like the perfect level. And especially because it was really fun. And I think a lot of people thought I was faking because I think, you know, part of the deal, if you were the one who was not under the influence, you didn't want to be picked. And because that means you lose and you're, you're off the show, like everybody's trying to stay on the show for as long as possible. So the the non stoned person is potentially acting as stoned as any stoned person. And also we're all comedians and some comedians are just weird. And I'm just I'm a if you don't know me, if the first time you see me on stage, uh, not stoned versus stoned. Like if you only see one of those, I think you'll you'll be hard pressed to know which <laughs> is which. So I enjoy, I've enjoyed it when it's under again those controlled uh, when the the controlled chaos is something that I can enjoy. And uh, 
psychedelics or something more that I would I've enjoyed like doing it for a day and then as it's sort of you know you're coming down you have some soup and then go to a show and you know share everything that you learned yeah, where'd you go who'd you meet yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly man. you get it mm -hmm. we were we uh legalized uh well decriminalized the ha. mushrooms in Denver and in Fort Collins where the comedy fort is for we have a lot of people with clipboards around right now who are like, hey, do you want to sign up to legal, like make it legal for medical psychedelics where you'd sign up and go do a session? Wow. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah, they're pushing drugs. <laughs> I'll I'll sign a clipboard. Right, dude? I don't live there. That's probably not legal, but I'll sign it. <laughs> well, the cool I'll thing is, yeah, if you could sign a, you could you could eat all your mushrooms in Fort Collins and then by the time they kick in, you're legal to drive to Fort to Denver, it's legal right now <laughs> yeah i'll just sign it we're all one yeah oh <laughs> i am much more uh experienced with mushrooms than acid i would say i think i had one like sort of very small experience with acid once that i feel like was not the fullest version of it uh and I think the joke that I told was like, I was like, oh, God, bats. But I was watching a movie about a cave, so it made sense. <laughs> and uh, nice. <laughs> I did one time do acid just on my own, in my home, by myself. Chilling. And uh, yeah, it was I, I would say that I was not chilling. I was like, <laughs> oh, the corner of that desk is normally sharp, but looks round and other round things look sharp this seems dangerous to me i'm just gonna lay here for a mm -hmm. while and like you know i think that again under the right circumstances with with somebody who has done it before knows what they're doing and right. i could be like is this right does this does this seem seem okay uh but uh yeah mushrooms i i did for the first time in my mid-20s and i was like oh yeah that now I understand a thing that I read about mysticism that only intellectually made sense previously. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> now I have at least, you know, something to put in the category where I was like, oh, that'd be nice if it were true. But right. uh, and it wasn't even stuff that, you know, I was like, oh, it's like there. I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts recently. Uh, you know, that dude. Yeah. Uh, Inspirational Alan guy slash deep thinker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Philosopher, perhaps. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's got a lot of, on the Waking Up app, there's like over 100 hours of his talks, and I've been going through them, uh, devouring them. And uh, he sometimes, oh, what, now? Okay, I can do it. Uh, now I'm trying to remember why I brought him up. Uh, acid and uh, mushrooms and, nope, might not, do you remember what I was just saying? Uh, Al, you're talking about, uh, well, nope. <laughs> okay it's it's cool well he's a cool guy he's a and cool guy I, does talk I think I might, uh oh yeah no, no I, I got it i got it we did Boom. it uh we made it he he told tells a story sometimes about i think uh an enlightened person a wise buddhist perhaps i forget who but uh he said that uh he asked him what is it like to you know be experiencing like life as an enlightened being and the answer was like oh it's just like regular but a few inches off the ground and so <laughs> i feel like you know sometimes under the influence of mushrooms uh that resonates in a way that i'm like oh it's like you know there's 
there's things happening that are normally happening. Like I can look at a tree or feel things in my body. And like, you know, it's like different ratios of things are coming to the forefront or, you know, being, I think like different neural pathways are being highlighted or versus, uh, you know, backgrounded or what have you. And I'm like, oh yeah. So it's just like more and or less of certain things that are quote unquote normal. Like it's all natural and part of everything that's going on. But, uh, yeah, the first experience I had was pretty transcendent. And then since then, I've had, you know, ones that were like purely fun, ones that were more like along the philosophical, like, you know, just deep, deep diving into yeah. the self or with friends. And then, you know, sometimes uh, wild, wild, wild rides that uh, like the last time I did it, I think I took I, I know I took more than I would have recommended if I knew what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was with some some nice friends who helped take care of me, and my girlfriend wasn't in town, but she got on the phone, and uh, it was it was a very a soothing balm to hear her voice and help Aww. me figure out if I needed to have food go into me or the other way, and if I needed there to be like music or quiet or people yeah. or silence, you know, and it was just it was changing rapidly, and so it was difficult to keep track of, and I you know at times felt like I might uh you know felt like i was dying felt like i was my grandmother dying felt you know felt like like a lot of things and uh so yeah one lesson learned uh don't do that much (laughs) (laughs) well did you forget your name and stuff uh you know i i knew the name but i also remembered a lot of other names and i'm like i think they're all me you know like i was thinking about my girlfriend my mom my grandmother my my dear friends i was like i'm pretty sure the guys out there are not me you know like that's one one real old uh like a story that i tell sometimes on stage you know shane moss yeah yeah uh so shane's a real uh good bud we started out together in boston and he is a more experienced psychonaut than I. Sure. So one time when I had done uh, a dose in Boston, probably 2008, walking walking the streets of Boston, having a great time on an empty stomach that I didn't realize would Uh-oh. then later uh, come back to haunt me from within because the nothing was coming from inside my stomach. And I interpreted that <laughs> as like, I was like, I needed food. I needed water, but I was weak. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to sit here on the street for a little while and uh, I try not to close my eyes because who knows? And uh, yeah. there's dogs walking by and, you know, with people. And I'm like, are they looking for me? Are they rescue dogs? Is everything metaphorical? And oh, uh, and then I looked through my phone and I found at the time I had just met a woman who I was starting to date named Micah. And my name is Mike. And then I had another really good friend whose name was Micah. And my name is Mike. And I'm like, there's a bunch of Mike. I was like, everyone in my phone is me. This isn't good. And... <laughs> Uh, and you I had a couple see, friends. Like, their photo is you, and you look through their photos. <laughs> like, oh, oh, this no. was like you know pre-smartphone, so it was just just letters. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> just a bunch of M's. Yeah. Uh, just a bunch of me, and then <laughs> uh, and I finally came to Shane Moss in my phone. I was like, that's an M, but I know sh-. I'm like Shane. I called him up. I'm like Shane, you're not me, are you? And he was like, no. <laughs> why and i was like oh because i did these mushrooms and he's like oh, okay uh where are you and i was like oh i'm at the intersection of uh looks like one way and do not enter he's like look again and i i told him the cross streets and he's like that's a couple blocks from my home do you want to come over here and i'm like can you come get me can you pick and me then up? yeah he he's like i'm on my way and he's like uh, we're on the phone and he's in the car and he's like 
all right, I'm at the intersection and I don't see you. And I'm like, oh, I am in another dimension. He's like, oh, wait, you're halfway down the block. There you are. I was like, oh, thank God. And he took me back to his home and fed me and gave me uh, orange juice, which I think oh. sped it along. And then I was like, this is real? Yeah. He's like, uh, as real as anything. I'm like, well, that's I guess that's as good as you're going to get. Um, and so, yeah, I forget what the question is. But, oh, uh, but yeah. the, mushroom oh, mush mushrooms. You, yeah. the mushroom showed you who your good buddy is. It's Shane Moss. Oh, yeah, cool. absolutely. I mean, he is for sure a good guy to call under those circumstances <laughs> for me. Sure. Your little trip sitter when you when you had to pull the emergency trip set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, the trip funny. cord. It's, it's such a funny idea of like uh, you're just like like if you're going into the spirit realm of doing mushrooms, but you just feel like such a dork there. <laughs> like you're in this <laughs> music, this mystical land, but you're like, oh, my God. I'm blowing it right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel I, now having had more experience and still, uh, I think part of my part of a challenge of being me is I am uh, sometimes I border on overconfident, which oh. is helpful in a lot of situations. I make I make a lot of friends. I feel good doing comedy and taking, you know, risks in that way. And sure. most of the, and I'm not like a physical risk taker. I don't like jump out of planes. I'm not an adrenaline junkie in that way. Yeah. Uh, and but I, I do sometimes I'm like, I can. I can I feel like the biggest physical risk I take is like I could eat a lot of spicy hot sauce and then sometimes later I'm like mm, well maybe that wasn't a good idea either but but I could do it uh but yeah for for psychedelics sometimes I have been like yeah I want to I want to maximize but uh but in in past years I've been working on learning the lessons of balance the middle path uh. just right not too much not not enough and sometimes sometimes nothing is the right amount uh, for, sure. for for a time and uh so yeah so those are and to to answer the question you didn't ask that's what i learned <laughs> i've never heard of it people like to mix like uh they'll do the little, little bit of like for me i, I was i was uh, raised in colorado and weed's always been kind of part of the thing so like I'll like I'll drink and have like a little bit of weed and like getting twisted isn't really twisted for me, but I've never seen anyone do mushrooms and acid. Oh, yeah, I, I also have not. I, maybe I've seen it, but I uh, didn't know and haven't done it. So uh, won't, won't be starting anytime soon. No, yeah. you don't want to do an extra hard mode set at the comedy fort. Mm, wipe out. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Uh, so what's this podcast about? Let's get into it. Oh yeah, let's get into it. We just goof, dude. I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know, ha, ha, ha. Uh, what I love about this pod is it's it's we got a lot like a good reach of all the local people. Like, and we have like the Fort Collins scene and the Denver cool. scene. And we have the ah. whole scene plugged into it, and we got. But no one knows. from Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've done Boulder before, yeah. I'm also doing that uh, this oh, the uh, the Sunday show? as well. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, check them out there, yes. Boulderites. Your Boulder heads. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thursday, Denver. Friday, Saturday, Fort Collins. Sunday, Boulder. The sixteenth through the nineteenth of June, twenty twenty-two. If uh, if you're listening later than that, uh, time travel back, please. Yes, yes. You can go see him. He's hilarious. Uh, Thank you, man. The, yeah, dude. Well, cool. anything else you'd like to plug before we we, we give oh. her a wrap? Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, if you, you know, I do stand up and uh, you can look and see where I'm doing it, usually on my website, uh, 
M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N.com. If that's my name, uh, if you put that uh, into your social media, at Mike Kaplan, spelled that weird way, you can follow me. You can uh, get my newsletter, which I send out every week for free, uh, or you can subscribe for even more than once a week. And there's always like uh, a bunch of jokes and other fun things in it. And that's at MikeKaplan.Substack.com. And uh, my podcasts are called, I got two of them. One is Broccoli and Ice Cream. One of them is called The Faucet. Uh, one I have guests, one I, I am my own guest, usually. Sometimes I have another friend as a guest, but usually it's just me. And uh, and then my albums, I would say, if you are not the places that I am, you can put my comedy into your ears via almost all of the, the streaming platforms. Uh, for My most recent one is called AKA. Uh, I love it a lot. I'm very proud of it. And then uh, I got a bunch of other ones. So put Mike Kaplan into your internet somewhere and uh, and enjoy it. And I appreciate it. Yeah, Mike Kaplan, everybody. Go check him out when he's in Colorado. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the pod. See you next time. <laughs>